Welcome to Backlog Dialogues, the podcast where we dig you out of your backlog before it buries you. I'm John, and joining me as always are the Captain Hook and Hades to my Jumba Jukiba. I can't do a pirate accent, but I refuse to be Hades. I'm Jared. <laughs> I, I can try doing a pirate accent, but I don't think any of us wants to be Hades. I'm Matt, anyway. I mean, depends on which Hades we're talking about here. I'm at, <laughs> I'm finally getting around to editing the Hades episode. Oh my gosh, we're so far behind in editing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but this is the Disney Hades, so yeah. Is this the first time we've managed to use Hades in one of these little things? I, I wonder if we've done it in the past, but... I bet I complain just as much. Possibly. But whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'll find it in the edit. It's fine. We're fine. Today, we are going to be going to three Disney worlds. And one thing that isn't really a Disney world, it's more of an atrocity. But I guess we got to go there, too. So wait, Atlantica's back? No, no. <laughs> but this is a world that exists entirely for mini games and some pretty miserable platforming. Oh, and so. terrible music. So are you sure I'm wrong? And terrible music. But it's not Atlantica. It's not under the sea. It's not a musical. It's not as terrible as the Atlantica music. We won't be able to talk about the part of it that is a music game that is almost as bad as the Atlanta music music game until the next route. But as you go to Disney Town, we're only going to talk about the part we actually have to do on this route. Yes. So, yeah, that's where we're going next. We're going to Disney Town, which is more or less the mini game hub of Birth by Sleep. If you don't count the command board or the stuff you, or the stuff you can do over at the uh, arena. And we get to see what what kind of jackassery Pete is up to before Maleficent finds him and puts him to work. Yeah, and honestly, like, it's kind of sad. Like that 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 is really what, what the story of Disney Town is more or less is. What the hell was Pete up to before he got recruited by Maleficent? His start of <laughs> darkness. Unfortunately, most of that is just going to be like hidden away at the very end of this, and all we get is a bunch of bullshit of Pete trying to be a Mister Popular. Mr. Popular, either by playing the heel or by playing the hero. Both at the same time. Both at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, let's get right into it so that we can get through it quickly. What happens when we show up in Disney Town? Unversed riding go-karts. Let's leave. Yeah. Before we get sucked into a kart racing uh, spinoff. Unfortunately, this is, in fact, Keyblade racing. No, this is Keyblade racing. Yep. Oof. Oof. The unfortunate truth of this is Tara shows up, sees unversed riding go-karts and decides rather than, nope, I don't need to worry about this. He decides, no, Ventus worked really hard to get us these tickets to Disney Town. I wonder how we got them. I'm going to fight these unversed. I'm going to fight the go-kart head on. And then he gets swiped by another. He's able to dodge the cart coming his way because Minnie gives him a warning. Minnie and also Chip and Dale, who are here now as well. Uh, are all just like, Tara, what the fuck? I don't they don't know Tara's name yet, right? No, no. He literally says the first thing is, oh, thanks for piping up. I'm Tara. Like immediately. I'm Tara. Mm -hmm. And so they are like, dude, what are you doing? Get out of the racetrack. And Tara's just like, I can be where I want, guys. Oh, really? Rules don't apply to you. You sound just like the other asshole. And speak of the devil and he doth appear. Yep. Pete shows up dressed like what the best way I have to put it is uh, Dick Dastardly is the best way to put it. It's Dick Dastardly if he took up being in Power Rangers. Yeah. Disguised as shadow, the rogue racer reigns. I am Captain Dark. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, I think I hurt, but I mean, so I have in my notes yeah. this rules like 
in a completely insane what the hell is going on way, perhaps. Yep. There's a bunch of rules around masks and narrative fiction. The first rule being if the mask is meant to obscure a identity from the characters, it it needs to be an actually an identity that would actually matter to the characters. The second rule of masks is if the mask is comedic, no one is expected to believe it. <laughs> and the fact is, Pete's really was was he he went all in on the poses on the big jumping in entrance. He put effort into uh, this angle he's creating. Yeah. So does does this mean that that Superman specifically is before the rules of mask were codified? So okay, it, it's fun reading about all the reasons that they've come up with for why Superman works. Um, as far as I know, like the actual idea of Superman is that the mask is Clark Kent in some readings, but yeah, yeah, I'm just joking. The most common, the most consistent explanation when you ignore things like accidental hypnosis from his glasses is like, um, oh yeah, I kind of look like him, but you know, I hold myself different. I pitch my voice different. So I'm just, it's just kind of funny that I have a similar look. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how I'm really a very different guy. Hey, I don't mind. It's a big compliment that you think I look like the strongest guy in uh, Metropolis. Yeah. yeah. So they, they say like between method acting, between like posture, voice, all that, he just presents himself very different and he just shrugs it off as a, as a bit of a coincidence. Yeah, that's Which, how I always saw it. But I'm still la- I still laugh about it sometimes. It works. There are some really silly other explanations they've come up with. So be happy that one works. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let's get back to talking about Tara, who is not nearly as good about any of this uh, masking stuff because he's just like, uh, no, I don't care about what's going on. I just want to fight unversed. Yeah. Captain Dark here is like, is, are you the ringer who's going to beat me in the race? Tara's like, <laughs> none of these words you're saying make sense. Then Chip and Dale, the evil, evil bastards that they are, twist our arm into becoming a racer. <laughs> so, they, look, just wanna, guy, they just want to make a cart and and have it win the race. That's all they want. Well, yeah, well, unfortunately, they don't get to. They are participating in the race like as as are the nephew. I'm going to. OK, we're going to I'm going to get into all this later. But basically, like, they they basically decide they're failures, but they need Captain Dark to feel bad. So they want Tara to ruin his day. Yep. <laughs> Mitty decides that we'll have to play by the rules if we're going to be in this race. He literally gets shamed by her kind of staring at him. He's like, all right, I'll play by the rules. Yep. But before we go do that, let's go explore Disney Town and all of its horribleness. Horribleness. I imagine the, that that Minnie has a version of the Care Bear stare going on there. That's an interesting <laughs> deep cut. I didn't see any. I don't see any weird belly lasers. <laughs> so anyway, first of all, what do we notice about Disney Town as we explore it? Uh, the incessant playing once again of um, I believe it's the Mouseketeer song. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh. Once again, we are in an area that has the same. How many bars of music would you say it is like four bars of music? It, it literally it plays. It manages to play like one start of the verse and the chorus. And it's just like I would call it like 16 bars. But of course, I'm just guessing on the measures. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it, it's it's like a 40 second loop. And. It is, once again, the most annoying loop in existence. I mean, it's a perfectly OK song, but a chipper march like that playing over and over again in a short loop is incredibly grating. Especially with the piccolo they play it on, too. The area outside of the racetrack is this sort of like multi-tiered, empty shopping district, because, again, everything is empty here. 
Well, except for the next area, which is sort of like the big courtyard with a gazebo in the middle, a dread gazebo. It's, and it's the only place not infested with Unverse, so they're kind of just putting a happy face on a pretty bad problem. Yep. Uh, there's a few other things in the center area of town. There's the duck triplets who are mysteriously absent from Final Fantasy worlds and are instead in this Disney world. I don't know where they came from. And they clearly know about Scrooge and Donald. Mm-hmm. They, they mentioned both of them by name. Yeah, maybe they're just transplanted there. Uh, well, they, were dumped, they were dumped off. Yeah. Off to the side, there's also a Horace horse collar with a tennis net. We're going to talk about what happens with the triplets and Horace in later runs. Because if we talked about all of these mini games at once, I think I'd probably shoot myself. <laughs> like we have. And then, of course, because there wasn't enough weird platforming at the outside, we have the underground, which especially for terror is kind of a misery. Yeah. Um, like the underground is the same for all of the characters. So we'll probably not revisit it with the uh, uh, future episodes that we go back to Disney Town in. But so like the first thing that you find is this contraption that you have to use some kind of lightning command to turn on. And not just some kind. You have to use a certain amount of power for it. Like you have to spam yeah. it or use a strong surge right in the middle of it. Yeah. Because this meter builds up or then drops if you don't finish it. Yep. But when you do finish it, you get to go up into the platforming section of this bit, which I hate so much because birth by sleep controls so terribly. Where Mickey ears uh, go up and down like uh, platforms and great big gloved hands carry you places, but mostly block your camera or push you off of things like every single thing about this room. I'm just kind of like, why did you think it's OK to do this to Tara? Tara's <laughs> slow, has terrible uh, horizontal movement speed and distance compared to the others. So he will miss the jumps constantly. Mm-hmm. And and, no, and when you finally found the exit, what do you even get for it? Well, first, there's one other thing. There's a new unverse in the area, the vile file, which is literally just a, a little jar of stuff. Excellent. That was totally worth noting. Yes. A little jar of negative emotions. I mean, is it? I'm trying to come up with a joke for that and I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> is it a little perfume bottle with, like, with a crystal stopper? Yeah, basically. And it just kind of does that. It's just there. I mean... I guess that's what I should say about perfume and cologne in general is that it's always just bottles of negative emotions for me. (laughs) I hate that stuff. It it knocks me the fuck out. I hate it. Well, since I really can't smell anything ever, I I have a completely neutral reaction. But yeah, so at the end of the big, long underground hallway, you find Pete's rec room. I have so many questions about what Pete does with his time. Pete's rec room is, for whatever dumbass reason, a giant pinball machine. And if a person goes into the spring, they get enclosed in this capsule. You do not get enclosed in a capsule. You just sort of like go get launched up and bounce around. You do not get enclosed in anything. There is a circle thing around you. No, it's not. There is not. I thought I wasn't. I thought there was a little circle shield thingy, but I wasn't sure. You bounce around on the on the bounce around. But I mean, I'm going to show you in this. I mean, it's not a capsule. It's not like a physical object because it goes away as soon as you get out there. It's yeah, I know. But it's like a barrier or something. I I remember it is more magic than anything, if you need to say. But anyways, the point is, it's clear that if a person is put in the machine, they're they're dropped in this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like shove other people into us and just like control the machine from somewhere else. Maybe like kind of horrible. Yeah. What is your reward for getting up to the top of the pinball machine? Oh, something you can't reach if you don't have the right movement abilities. If you have a bunch of fire dash abilities, you can make it. There is no reason why you shouldn't be able to make it on any character, though Aqua doesn't get anything for her uh, traversal of this part. 
<laughs> like because they don't expect Aqua to be able to get over there because they don't balance any of these platforming segments for actually having dash moves. Get dash moves. They allow you to break sequences all over the place. Anyway, let's go talk about Rumble Racing. Oh, I'm, I, I'm going to say at the start, I'm not much of a racing game player. That I am. I like Mario Kart. Mario Kart is a lot of fun. This is awful. See, I've never liked the kart games or anything like that or racing games that much in general. I like kart games. This is a terrible kart game. Like, I can't even begin to say, like, the the way it controls, you have to you don't really have the ability to drift in this game. You have to, like, actually hit your brakes and do a hard turn and then start up your engines again. Because if, if you're going full speed, your turn just kind of slightly shifts you to the side to actually do a real turn. You said you have to be hitting the brakes to let you swerve. So it's yeah. like you're it's like you're trying to use tank controls for a Resident Evil game in racing. Yeah. And worst of all, though, like the AI is super rubber bandy. Uh, even worse than your typical racing games, uh, rubber band AI. Like I've gotten out way ahead and then all of a sudden I'll just have uh, one of the triplets come racing by me or something like that. Just like going. Nah, 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 nah. And I like that is like my most hated sound clip in this entire fucking game. <laughs> and there's just and there's just all these shortcuts. Even if you use them, it doesn't really get you ahead of anything. Mm hmm. Like you have to use the shortcuts if you want to possibly even possibly come in first place. And it still like just feels like the rubber band AI is working against you at every step of the way. Yeah, the rubber band AI is terrible in this, too. I did notice that. And you have to come in first place in order to complete this area. And it'll make you keep racing. It'll. Yep. I was happy it only took me like three tries my first play. I finished it in first on my first go on this run, which I could not believe. After we win the race, Pete makes a whole bunch of excuses, as you might expect. Mm hmm. Yep. Chip just is like, nope, no one's going to vote for you, Pete. Minnie explains to us what this voting thing is for. Uh, it's for what is it? The Million Dreams Award. The Million Dreams Award. Yes, that's right. Which is just, I guess, some kind of annual award that Disney Town does. When you're at this festival, they yep. say, who's the, who's the best person? Cartoon yep. character of the year. Chip decides that Chip wants to vote for Tara and Tara has learned that you don't need a cheat to win. <laughs> Why did we have to go through this to get that? Lesson? I love his line here because he doesn't just say cheat. He goes full like all this time I've been staring into the darkness, but that doesn't mean I have to jump in. <laughs> wow, Tara. Wow. <sighs> when you when you stare into the darkness, the darkness stares back into you, though. Anyway, if you hate yourself, you can Anyways, uh, continue racing and get more cor courses that are each one's do, even worse than the last. And do the other mini games, which also have that sort of ongoing horribleness. Yes, we'll cover those later. Let's get the fuck out of this place. I hate it. The, let us leave. It is a silly place. Yes. Let's go to the Olympus Coliseum. Oh, no. Wait, why are we doing this? Oh, no. Because someone's got because we got to see that they decided to use Hercules uh, young design for the star of the movie. Yeah, like. Continuing the trend of past. Yeah. Continuing the trend of Olympus Coliseum being in every major uh, Kingdom Hearts game that has a real impact on the main narrative. We're going back to Olympus Coliseum. Only this time it is a prequel because we got young Hercules. Who is kind of a weird scrawny dork. Yeah. Well, that's You're how the movie started, which was always kind of a, a, an interesting choice, I thought. Yep. And it 
this is basically Herc before he even gets to be trained by Phil. Yep. Well, or more like the start of it. Yeah, this is like the whole story of this world is uh, young Herc wants to be trained by Phil and Phil is a terrible person. <laughs> well, he he's not refusing. He keeps implying he's going to stop training him. Like he just started. Like I'm done yeah. with you. Yeah, like Phil in this world is each time you see him, I think he's worse than the last. To Phil's credit, aren't satyrs like canonically terrible people in general? Boo. Depends on the satyr. <laughs> I don't want to get into the minutia of mythical creatures and if they're terrible or not. Not to mention the true canonicity of mythology would be one hell of a, of a quagmire to get stuck on. Yes. We'll probably get touched on that again with Aqua's path through this world. Ooh. Tell me I'm wrong. When we arrive at the Olympus Coliseum, we open with young Herc getting the shit kicked out of him by Unversed. And while it is tough on him, he is supposed to be super strong. We find out a second later, Phil was basically making him run to his death. So I guess he's tired. Yep. <laughs> I have in my notes, uh, while I was in my replay, I was also playing a bunch of other games. And in my notes, I wrote, because I started playing Tales of Arise in between the last time I played a level of this and now, I keep, kept trying to do my normal attack with R1 like a dipshit. Now that i looking at my notes and I'm just like, Oh, shit. Every action RPG nowadays has R1 as attack. What the hell has happened to us? I don't I'm not <laughs> comfortable with the R buttons as the main attacks. I'm always trying to hit the face buttons. I think I am a bit more OK with it now after Elden Ring and Stranger of Paradise did it. But I'm still just kind of like, what are we doing that <laughs> R buttons are now attack buttons? What is wrong with us as a society that we've come to this? Right. Those are dedicated buttons for specialty use, I always felt like. I mean, it just makes sense to use the thumb button for reactions. I think the reason that, you know, like the the Soulsborne games do it is because they explicitly are trying to make it a left-hand, right-hand thing. But, mm-hmm. yeah. So that you can also use your left-hand, the R button, the L buttons for left-hand attacks, the R buttons for right-hand attacks. It makes sense in that regard. And I don't know why other JRPGs have adopted that particular convention for regular attacks in general. It's weird. Yeah, it's I don't like weird. it. I really fucking hope Kingdom Hearts 4 does not do that. Hmm. <laughs> you hear that, Nomura? Uh, anyway, there's also a bunch of new unversed here that we have to fight. The Yellow Mustard, the Buckle Bruiser, and Axe Flappers. Uh, other than the Buckle Bruiser being, that's, that's, the, that's basically the red upgrade to the, to the heavy guys, right? Yeah, they're, it's the same as the regular bruiser, but they also have like these shield things. So you also have the added thing where they might just block your attacks from the front, which is annoying. I kind of feel like their shield is too good. Mm-hmm. You, really you basically just like to have to get behind them. Yeah. Uh, axe flappers, are, I believe, are some kind of weird bird thing. I don't even remember. I, I kind of think they are, too. They have the weird axe beak or something like that. Yeah. It's Blade beak from Quest of Camelot. It's going to be voiced by Jaleel White's. I do that. <laughs> Oof, no, I don't think I ever saw a quest for Camelot. Me either. I just I just see it's, it's on your brain because of Xehanort. Yes. Yes, it is. And the yellow mustard is yet another one of the very stupidly designed uh, caster unversed. I think this is the lightning one. Who cares? Yeah, they there uh, have to be one of each of these because they have to be have an equivalent to the heartless casters, which also have all the weird bell things. After we beat them up, Terra helps Herc up. Herc is just like, oh, man, all these edgy things were too much for me. And then he asks Terra if he's here to enter the games. Because why else would you be in Olympus Coliseum if you weren't here to enter the games? That's all there is here. <laughs> I think we have exactly one more screen in this Olympus Coliseum than we did in Kingdom Hearts 1's Olympus Coliseum. 
<laughs> yeah, we got we just got sort of this in front of some other buildings, uh, open sandlot, as opposed to the one inside the front of the Coliseum sandlots and the oh. sandlot inside the Coliseum. Apart from that one extra screen, it is the exact same world as Kingdom Hearts 1's Olympus Coliseum. And less interesting because all the actual tournament fighting stuff has been relegated to the Mirage Arena. So it's almost completely pointless. Yes. But we have to do this because it's basically what Nomura has decided every single Kingdom Hearts game has got to go to. So the, if it had been the Coliseum again, at least it would have made some sense. But I will say the plots here are particularly weird. Yeah. Phil interrupts our hero bonding time, which causes Herc to run off. Well, he literally says he's going to, you're going to run another thousand laps. Like I say, he's running him to his death. Yep. Terra decides to enter the tournament to decide how strong he really is, because I guess we got to have a Shonen protagonist arc right now. And literally, he's gone from worried about the darkness inside to let's see how many chumps I can can shove over. That's the story. Anyways, now for the other part of the story. Yeah. Hades has decided he needs someone to do his dirty work. Yeah. I just need one guy who could beat up Zeus or something. I'm not really clear on my plans today. Yep. He sees Terra off screen and just basically is just like, oh, shit. That's my guy. Pigeon alert. I know I can manipulate this guy easily. It's so basically obvious. <laughs> yeah, uh, this one might not even be a challenge. It's a little disappointing, but hey, what, what, what do you got? I wonder if the Rube level of Terra is what also convinces him that he can completely manipulate Cloud and Oron. Because it's just like, well, I manipulated that one Final Fantasy character so easily in the past. Yeah. Spiky guy, belts. It's, it looks, makes perfect sense. Yep. Terra is the most uh, sword boy Final Fantasy looking of the, of these characters. So, yeah, Terra kind of has that design where it looks like he could be the protagonist of his own game if he really wanted to be. I mean, he kind of is a co-protagonist here, but. And so Hades decides to slide into Terra's mentions and get him to accept the darkness inside him. Yeah, it's like, hey, darkness is with everyone. It's, you can just play nice with it. It's just this weird ramble of, no, try darkness. Try darkness. It's the good stuff. I'm just imagining like Hades having a marketing campaign aimed at kids uh, like, you know, the Joe Camel stuff. But for darkness, I can totally see that. I- I'm imagining Hades telling Terry he should just do his research on Facebook and he'll see the truth of things. Oof. Oh, no. <laughs> Considering the voice actor, I feel perfectly good. I uh, say Hades is that bad. Oof. <laughs> Terra just kind of like stands there awkwardly at Hades rants because that's really how Terra re- interacts with the world is just standing there awkwardly. He says, OK, so what do I do? And then he just does what he's told. And yep. half the time he'll be playing along, but you can never tell until it's done if he's actually believing it. It doesn't make him crafty. It makes him hard. It just makes him hard to guess. Yeah. And by the way, <laughs> he literally says, OK, how do I conquer the darkness here? Sign this, says the devil figure. <laughs> There's like can do. I don't think Eric has ever taught Terra not to talk to people that look like Hades. Or at least read the contract. Ericus did not think that far ahead. The puns here are just bad. Like, what's your name, Tara? Uh, kind of earthy, but okay. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, Hades is pretty sure he's won this. And but it, all he's doing is, well, now the Cocker to Darkness, go out there and fight things randomly. Yep. It's just a... Kingdom Hearts 1-style series of fights. Uh, I think there's one new one versus in it, which is the Jelly Shade, which is just a jellyfish. I'm really confused because, like, Terra's winning matches, and he's like, okay, it's not what I expected. I think he just wanted to find some idiot to go out there and get smeared. Mm. Like, it, Hades' plan is very 
nebulous in this game. It's very non-existent. You're being kind. <laughs> he's here to fill out the billing and to do something. Yep. Maybe he's just in like, you know, Don King mode. He's just like, I need to find some a warm body to go out there and get, you know, get, get his butt kicked by monsters. Guess so. But as somehow we make it to the big one. It seems like this is actually not going according to Hades' plans. He was just like, damn it, why is Terra Nazis coming to the darkness? He's I, also winning, so. Yeah. And then a guy in a helmet walks through and Hades decides that this is plan beta. Not plan B, plan beta. Well, because he's Greek, right? No, it all, you know, it's Greek or he's he also thinks he's a pickup artist. Damn it. <laughs> I'm not going to include that joke. I'm going to cut that. That's terrible. That's so bad. I can't include it. Are you sure? Yes. It's the damn character. OK. <laughs> I am not going to include that kind of in, in, stuff and act like dialogues. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So the helmet guy goes down like a chump. The helmet falls off and he's revealed to be Zack from Final Fantasy VII, but for Crisis. Crisis Core. Crisis Core. Isn't before Crisis like something coming up? No, before Crisis was something with the Turks. Hmm. So it was revealed to be Zack from Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core, a game I have not played. Yeah, because this could only assume that people must have played Crisis Core. I mean, this game was a PSP game. Crisis Core is actually a lot of fun. I've heard it's, it's the one good thing that came out of the compilation of FF7 stuff before Final Fantasy VII Remake came out and actually was just like a fantastic game on its own. I'm not even disparaging it. It just seems to be one no one ever really talks about. So it seems like it's kind of faded down there. I actually liked it, but, uh, you know, and also I like kind of getting to know Zack and why why Cloud kind of idolized Zack as well. It was kind of neat. Well, to be honest, I feel like Cloud would idolize anyone who looked kind of cool or strong in front of him. But OK, well, mm. Cloud was that hungry for 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 awesomeness. From what I understand, it is a full game expansion of what is a 10 minute cutscene that is hidden in the back of disc three in uh, Final Fantasy VII's original game. It also has like a very strange uh, slot machine based uh, combat thing, which is funny. How does it work exactly? I, I've never played it, so I don't know how Crisis Core works. It's hard to explain. We can I, I can show yeah, you later. But well, yeah. Shadow Hearts has the judgment ring. That's always what I think of when people talk about like gambling style. But that's not slot machines. That's just pressing the button at the right time. That's yeah, literally just a rhythm game. battle it's, system. it's the yeah, it's the advanced version of what Legend Dragoon had with its addition system. Anyway, so, yeah, that was all the The helmet falls off. It's Zach and he reeks of darkness. Uh, He's like, help, I'm being controlled. Yep. 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 And Hades. he shows up to gloat about the power of darkness and how great it is. And even Tara is just a, kind of lost. And Tara decides to respond yes. with this amazing piece of dialogue. Hades, you were just playing me. The darkness will never have me. <laughs> so... And now we have By the way, and Zach shouting set my heart free. And that's kind of dangerous to say around Tara, I'd argue, but. <laughs> but no, it's uh, not Tara's uh, fault. Not remember, again. it's not Tara's fault. Remember, it's something Xehanort did. Well, Xehanort's <laughs> probably hiding in the empty stands, you know, among the crowd. Yes, you're probably right. Xehanort's just like always off screen, uh, cackling madly to himself. Yep. Xehanort was there, too. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> So, yeah, I have in my notes, fight takes me fight quite a few tries as Zach's Omni Slash is bullshit on critical mode. Well, it took <laughs> me two tries in, in this version, I knew. 
But but the second time, I just overpowered him with every ability all at once. You could just kind of oh, you gotta him to death. You could kind of zerg him to death if you if you hit hard enough. Like I feel like that's how you have to do it. Is just like don't let this guy do his big attacks. Beat him to death. Yep. <laughs> so Hades just salts off as Terra helps Zach back up after the fight, and he's like, "Ah, screw it. Today's not going well." Yep. Zach is mad that a guy like Hades controlled him, but. Hey, he's made a friend in Terra. Cool. You've got a friend in Terra. No. And Zach, because Zach does not understand who Terra is and has not figured anything out yet because he's actually only known Terra for like five minutes. And most of that was him getting hit by him on the head. Yep. Mm. Zach thinks Terra is exactly what a hero would be in his mind's eye, which. Well, visually, visually. arguably, arguably, I would say that in a different kind of game, Terra would be a hero. We I have mean, to kill darkness. It's just, it's just that Kingdom Hearts, in a game that is trying to be edgy and, you know, stuff like that, Terra would be a perfect hero. But this is Kingdom Hearts, which is about, it's about pure cinnamon boys. Yes. Yep. Oh, that sounded wrong. <laughs> no. Pure cinnamon, cinnamon rolls. rolls. Cinnamon rolls. Terra, though, is not a spin roll. He's an edgy boy and decides to turn his back and say he's not a hero. Yes. Zach's like, well, listen to all those cheers. Where the what? fuck are those cheers coming from? There's no one in here. My God. And now he forces a D-link with Zach and got the mark of hero keyblade. Am I the only one that cares that there's the empty, loudly cheering stands? <laughs> it's rather I, disturbing. I mean, we do not have the resources in a PSP game for a bunch of actual uh, character art other than our acting characters. So we just have to sort of like don't use our imagination. I would have taken a Matt drawn background if they're going to imagination about. But they're not saying you could at least imagination. I can hear them. Imagination. That's all you need to understand birth by sleep. Just imagine that all these very empty worlds are filled with characters and you'll be fine. And Tara's and Zach's like, I want to fight you fair and square. And Tara's like, yeah, OK, that'll happen. You, definitely. Someday. We're definitely going to see you again in Kingdom Hearts. Anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let's get away from Hades. He's annoying. Let's get. Yeah, let's get away from all of the Olympus Coliseum. Let's go to a place that we haven't been to before in Kingdom Hearts at all. I will say for a bit of a spoiler, this is our best experience with uh, Olympus Coliseum this game because Phil had one line. You're right. You are absolutely right. <laughs> I hate that you were right. I hear that so, a lot. Three words. Uh, Phil sucks. Actually, a good joke. Wow. <laughs> that actually is a cruel. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, let's go to space. Space. Oh, uh, no. That was awful. I I, no. I don't. Yeah, you gotta be way more. You gotta be way more nasal for that. Space. Space. Yes. Space. Space. Gotta go to space. Space. So now that we're now we're doing. Wait, more we go to space joke. all the time. We just don't usually stay there. I mean, no. We are literally in space for this area, specifically deep space, where there's a spaceship. Well, no, first there's a bunch of jelly shade on verse that have intercepted us on yeah, a space just, bike. Just just floating around. Uh, Terra, Terra f- f- flew into a bunch of je- uh, jellyfish. Yep. You have to fight them while riding your space bike, which is weird and, hard and kind of annoying. But like you just kind of mash through it and you win easily. Yeah. 
eventually you'll even get rid of all of them. The game's hey, that's enough. Yep. And then a big spaceship brings us in. The tractor beams us, right? That's not a moon. That's a space station. Yep. Just because we get caught in a tractor. Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> and Tara wakes up in a jail cell on the ship. Star Wars. Wait. Because clearly they've been watching him and what he does. Yep. The ground cancel well, woman and her big muscle brute. Uh, what's his name again? I forget. Jump on to. Because we're because in case we haven't said yet, we're in Lilo and Stitch, but this is going kind of weirdly prequel again. This is yeah, this is a prequel to uh, Lilo and Stitch. Let's Uh, be clear. We're essentially in the opening scene of Lilo and Stitch. For those who know the movie, when he's imprisoned by the council and escapes, we're basically in a version of that scene. Yep. The Grand Councilwoman and Gontu just sort of observe Terra in his cell, and then some inverse attack. (laughs) Like they do, because like again. I'm going to keep on harping in this, but like every single cutscene in this game is punctuated by an unverse attack. You can just sort of like like you can just sort of tell, like set, a, set your watch for uh, three minutes. And then at the end of it, you'll be like, oh, hey, and there's the statue of unverse attack. I swear I like this game. I swear yeah. I love this game. <laughs> and, and then and then the console will got to book it and the terror just fights. Does he use his uh, does, does he like use his keyblade to get out yeah. of the prison? Because it can unlock key doors. Yeah, the Keyblade can just hack through any kind of thing. There's no way you can keep a Keyblade Master. Holy shit, that's totally broken. Sora, yep. you are terrible at this. It can yep. even unlock t- metaphorical doors. Yep. The Keyblade makes you, the, the it's the Keyblade Master of unlocking. Anyway, it seems like we also. Wow, that landed with a, sorry, but that landed with a thud, didn't it? I, <laughs> I guess I didn't get it. It's a I, Resident I, Evil I, meme. Oh, I, I mean. Because this is not a visual medium, you could not see my face right there. But I basically did the uh, uh, Tommy Lee Jones in Captain America looking over the newspaper, disappointed. Uh, oh, JPEG. so, you, did, so like, you didn't do the Odin face? No, I feel like I'm the only gamer who has never played any Resident Evil, but Resident Evil one. And I didn't. Oh, play, I, so I never I haven't played the only Resident Evil. I, I just know the memes. The only Resident Evil I've played is Resident Evil four. And that game's good. I haven't played any of them. I just know the memes. Gotcha. Oh, and there's a new unverse in this area. If we care, it's the Sonic Blaster. It shoots. I really Sonic. don't. Like it's Sonic. No, it just shoots sound, I guess. But they're in space. No one can hear you, Sonic Blast. Yep. This this whole thing also kind of has some of the the Lilo and Stitch, uh, you know, uh, episodic show vibes going on a little bit because we have all the other experiments uh, that. Well, by all, there's one. But I know what you mean. I have not seen anything about that show, so <laughs> the ex- the extra experiment here was actually in the uh, the sequel movie that was the backdoor pilot to the series. But I know what you mm. mean. OK, but essentially w- what the, the show is just all about, like uh, all the other experiments showing up to be a monster of the week. Got it. And an extremely, uh, an have- extremely Pokemon ish vibe, except instead of capturing them, they all are just getting them jobs on this on this Hawaiian island. Yeah, basically, they, they all become friends and family after you after you kind of. And they find a one true place, whether it's like uh, doing doing um, firework shows or helping being a sushi chef. I so said they're all getting gamefully employed. Mm. After the fight, another prisoner, Jumba Chukiba, just is like, oh, that was cool. And Jumba is great. Because he's a guy with he's a guy and this is character accurate with such a terrible poker face. Even Tara thinks he's full of it. Yeah. Yeah. Tara, Tara has finally learned a lesson. He's like, I am tired of being duped by guys like you. I, I'm not going to do anything here. 
he still helps Jemba because why not? He came all this way, but he's definitely giving him a skeptical look the whole time. Yeah. It's like, I am innocent scientist who created galaxy's most destructive, constructive species of all time. He's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yep. Tara, let come with me. Yep. We got to go find experiment 626. And the very first treasure test I find in this area has the high jump command. Finally, some good mobility on Terra. Yep. Is the problem is even you have to use air dash because his forward momentum is so awful without it. Mm-hmm. But at least you can like actually get up places. Oh, and, and I completely missed this ability the first time I threw until I came back oh, about two oh hours no. later. This is why you like actually go look at every single treasure chest in these areas. I just didn't really register how vertical the that prison cell area was. I just walked out of it. Okay, <laughs> it's kind of easy to True. do because there's no path that takes you up. It, everything is technically optional, so it's really easy for me just not notice. Yep. There's also an area that has this really interesting anti uh, gravity mechanic. Uh, you like like you actually have to turn off or on the anti gravity in an area, and so your jumps become really high. But then treasure chests sitting on little floating platforms go upside down, and those are impossible to open, I'm sure. Yep, you have to turn the anti-gravity off if you want to open up some of these treasure chests. It's, But it's actually, like, one of the more interesting and fun levels to traverse in this game. I, I might even say it's the most fun uh, level to traverse. Hmm. Yeah, I certainly give you that. I mean, like, most of the other ones are chopped up too much. And even mm-hmm. this one, like, the one that can knock you down on the spiral on the spiral path up, at least it's pretty easy to get back up if you get knocked down. More unverse designs that are just kind of met is blob mobs and glide winders here. They are out on the platform, I think. You don't have to go out onto. You can go out and, and ride your bike around, but I don't see any purpose to it. I think you have to on one of the characters, but you maybe do. That- but it's built like there's this great big mini game or this weird spin around that you can just shoot right through and be gone in five seconds. Yep. So, yep, as we traverse through this area, we find Experiment 626 under a glass jar. Tara's like, oh, wow. Yeah, I don't buy it. He's not unprecedented. Yeah, it seems actually pretty friendly. And then 626 steals Tara's friendship charm. Oh, no. Oh, no, his Wayfinder. Yeah. Tara protests, which causes 626 to get even more curious. And Jumba's just like, Ha, he doesn't know what friends are. 626 gives back the uh, friendship charm, runs off. Tara's just like, hmm. I almost want to do this speech. Okay, go for it, go for it. Yeah. Funny. This whole time I've been telling myself I want to be stronger, more independent. But the second I let my heart doom to talking, I found out how little I really know myself and how much I miss them. That experiment of yours. You sure about him? Maybe in his heart. He wants friends just like the rest of us. And Jumba basically laughs in his face. Yeah, Jumba six and six experiment two, two, one on us because he's just like, because he needed something more Pikachu like. Yeah, it's a lightning charge stitch, basically. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really have it doesn't really have legs. It kind of zaps around on a lightning trail. Also, uh, just as a heads up, I'm going to be very insistent on calling experiment six, two, six, experiment six, two, six this time because he has not yet been met up with Lilo and therefore does not have the name Stitch. Yep. Which is unfortunate, but but also it's because specifically because the interface of the game also calls him Experiment 626. It's like Jumbo literally just says, I says, you know what? Screw you. I'm going to sick this electric death on you. We beat up a electric thing and we get the Thunderbolt form change, which is the best of the level one form changes. Yes. Always very good. It's best because what you charge it up with is thunder energy, which is what you're going to want anyway for the best second level. 
and it I think it has the widest area of attacks. Uh, its finishing move is really powerful if you actually don't get to a second level. It's great. I love it. So, yeah. So six, so 626 comes back. Mm-hmm. Well, Jumbo just complains at you. Mm-hmm. Taros was like, I wonder if it wonders what a friends is. <laughs> and that's how Experiment 626 learns what friend means or just <laughs> learns that friend is a word. Or so he completely forgets it has to relearn it in the actual movie. Yep. Uh, maybe he got amnesia from getting his head, uh, his uh, his head bumped while he did the crash land on Earth. Mm. Or also the movie doesn't. None of the movies actually take place in a world where Kingdom Hearts happens. Uh, we're, and we're just that would have be our, hard to explain. We have our Final Fantasy OCs sort of like injecting themselves into Disney stories in funny and hilarious ways. <laughs> I had in my notes that a question of can we vent Jumba? He sucks. And then I. And we just, I guess we decided we have to escape first with with Jumba. Is this a, some kind of Among Us joke about he's also sus or what? No, but venting him is just a general thought of, oh, he's in space. But honestly, the airlock. Tara, yep. Yeah, but honestly, Tara's done. He just immediately zaps off on his bike part as soon as the alarms go off. Yep. I find this one fu- funny just because this is the only one in which Tara actually is constructive for this entire world. Well, I mean, he, he broke two maximum security prisoners out and got into a fight in, I think, is one of the engine rooms. So I suppose good work. But I mean, he didn't get tricked by any bad people. Well, he and he got the best D-Link in the game for leveling up experiment 626 and the hyperdrive keyblade. I will say this is a world where I think he left the biggest mess behind for others to fix. Possibly true. Yeah, I'm just going to quickly touch on how just like how in Kingdom Hearts 2, Stitch is the best summon in this game. Uh, the best D-Link is Experiment 626 because of the command point boost that you get from using him. Yeah, if you if you get both of his boosts. Yeah, though, you also want to switch away from his level two ability because it will stick you in a fucking rhythm game for fucking 30 seconds. It's annoying. Even after everything's dead. His first ability isn't much better either because it's button matching well after everything's dead anyways, but at least it's only a third the length. Mm-hmm. So so essentially uh, the moral of the story is that Stitch is OP. Yes, mm. easily. Easily the most OP thing that you can get in Kingdom Hearts 2 and Birth by Sleep. <laughs> All right. Which is actually fitting, I want to say. Yeah, Because it is the most destructive or constructive uh, thing in creation. Yep. Mm. Cool, we won. Yep. We also got a hyperdrive keyblade. Let's get out of here and go to Netherland, which is actually a world this time. Holy shit. <laughs> yes. In fact, I really do think they did a cool job of recreating the the world of the Peter Pan movie in uh, in Kingdom Hearts here. Yep. Yes. Every part of Peter Pan that we don't just have Big Ben and Captain Hook's ship. Every part. No, we have we have culturally unfortunate inclusions. Yes. Every part, unfortunately. But let's not talk about that right now. Let's talk about the fact that Tara finds himself defending a couple of dipshit pirates from the Unverse, first of all. Yeah. I mean, you got Hook, you got Smee. They're like, Smee's carrying a treasure chest saying, no, they're chasing us. Yep. I made some really good commands that just allowed me to completely destroy the new uh, Unverse that we're facing, the Triple Wreckers and the Wild Bruisers. I believe Triple Wreckers are a sort of like uh, totem pole. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I know. It is a totem pole on verse. Yeah, I know. Oof, oof, oof. All the oof. And wild bruisers, which are just bruisers that are also very gorilla-esque. They're gorillas with bananas on their head. The pirates that we just saved are ungrateful little shits. They're also Hook and Smee, but I repeat myself. Yes. Like, if I wanted your help, I would have asked for it. <laughs> yep. 
Tara asks if they know a kid in a mask. Hook doesn't give a shit. <laughs> He's just saying, you're never going to get my treasure. Yep. Like, OK, I want to ask what is actually going on in this world, because like the general impression I get is that every single day, Peter Pan and the Lost Boys steal Hook's treasure. Every single day, that's what happens. That's just like the daily routine. They're in some horrible little Cold War is what's going on here. This is just what today's event is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where he keeps finding treasures. He never leaves being bored outside Neverland. Right. And then he accidentally says the, the word light and Tara turns around and, and Hook's like, ooh. Oh, a rube. Someone took the bait. Honestly, it's kind of amazing Pete didn't talk uh, Tara into doing something, which kind of tells you how uh, uncreative he is as a villain. If Pete showed up in his Captain Justice garb rather than his Captain Dark garb, maybe Tara would have listened to him. Yep. Oh, God. Uh, that's a, that's a uh, that's a thought for another day. And then I have in my notes. Oh, no, Kingdom Hearts. Why do you perpetuate the racism of Peter Pan? Because they have the Indian cap. <sighs> Luckily, you don't really need to be there in this one. Even yeah. today, they still have the cowboys and Indians trope with with yeah. kids. So, but yeah, I don't know. But yeah, Hook convinces Tara completely that A, this treasure chest is full of light, which sure, he just believes. And B, that there's a flying boy named Peter Pan who specifically wants to steal the light. Yeah. And, and <laughs> Tara buys like, Sure, I'll, I'll kill a guy for you. Yeah. I'm good at that. We have to wander around the island just doing stuff, looking for various treasure chests. We make it to Skull Rock to deliver Hook's treasure. It's like, and what are they even doing with the treasure at Skull Rock? Yeah, Smee brings up a shooting star completely out of the blue. It's info that should help Terra, but it just is like a goofy ass conversation between greedy shitbags. So what if it, it might have been a giant treasure that fell in the sky? Hook's like, you didn't tell me that. Now, of course, we, we will learn what that shooting star actually was later on. But we're not going to find it out as Tara. Nope. Tara is just like, uh, okay. okay. I didn't hear any of that. Hook and Smee run off and Tara's like, sure, I'll just sit here and guard your box. I don't think better to do. It's not like I'm chasing down a world threatening mass creature. Mm -hmm. Tara waits around. Peter Pan and a couple of furries decide to jump Tara to grab the treasure. <laughs> Are you Peter Pan? That I am. The light is not yours to take. God damn it. <laughs> Tara, he's just the best warrior of light we got. Yeah, he's a very good hero trademark. Time to fight Peter Pan. Well, Peter Pan's kind of an evil little shit in his own way, but still. Yep. Especially if you go by like the original Peter Pan, who's practically a fae tricking children. Fortunately, he goes down like a chump here. I decided to level up some mind shields, which he just sort of like plowed his face into and died instantly. But he flies. But my shield is very good. Uh, yeah, he's dumb. Yep. When you win, you get the blade charge command style, which is just fucking cool. Yes. Blade like, charge is so good. It's really cool. Charges up. You char it's, a, it's a level two one. And, you, and what happens is you charge up the keyblade. It just becomes this giant eight foot long lightsaber. It's really fun. It's the second best of uh, terrorist command styles, I want to say. <laughs> yeah, that one's a fun I mean, one. His his individual level two is kind of meh. Yeah, the, look, both of his level twos that are like unique to him are kind of meh. What's the but, other unique one? Um, the darkness one. That's what I meant. I was only thinking darkness. I forgot about Earthshaker. The kids fuck uh, off with the treasure anyway. And Tara, you know, Tara's absolutely ready to beat up small children because he, uh, because a, a guy in a mustache and a pimp hat told him to. Yup. And then, <laughs> but then like 
Once Terra catches up with them and the treasure chest is revealed to be filled with treasure and not light, Terra realizes, oh, fuck, I did it again. <laughs> I've been guarding a pile of loot. Sounds like you've been tricked. <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> it's <Wow>. like, <sighs> I again. can't believe this happened to me again. I, I got to do something about this. It's it's like the joke of it, it, it's a, if I had a nickel for every time a villain tricked me into doing something obviously stupid, it would be like six times rather than twice. Yep. Which is actually starting to sound like a lot. Hooray. Peter Pan and Tara are now friends. And Tara mentions the shooting star. Peter Pan gets worried about Tinkerbell for no good reason. Oh, by the way, Peter Pan definitely doesn't actually lost the fight. So it was fun fighting a good swordsman. We got to get off of Skull Rock, but then a monster catches all the kids. Well, a bunch of monsters. Hey, guess what? This is one of the best leveling up spots for Terra. Yep. Uh, hey, guys, want to see what happens when you explode a huge cave? Mega yeah. Flare. Yeah, cast Mega Flare. You can completely clear out this cave, get a bunch of experience points, leave the room, come back to it again. Good, th- good thing Lost Boys are fireproof. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Like, and the nice thing about Mega Flare is that, like, has a huge active time period, like even longer than the actual animation of the spell. So, like, every enemy that spawns in the middle of the cast of it also dies. (laughs) Almost every speed leveling strategy involves using Mega Flare in specific high spawn regions. Yep. It works really well. I love it. I wish you could do it when you had Experiment 626 out. Uh, You wish. You wish. Because the only thing that actually matters to level up is your commands, by the way. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that matters. Yeah, leveling the like, leveling literally just gives you more HP, as I recall. No, it doesn't give you more HP. It just gives you more attack and defense and magic. Oh. What gives you more HP? Anything? Uh, story points. Kingdom Hearts games do not increase HP on on level on level. Yeah. It, yeah, it's only story points that increases HP. I will say, finally, finally, what happens next is Terra gets to a little bit of revenge on all these people who keep tricking him. Uh-huh. <laughs> Like Hook comes in with Tinkerbell with a lantern. He's like, oh, cool. Can I look at that? And Hook's like, has no problem handing to him and then turning his back on him. So, yep. <laughs> and then Tinkerbell it, kicks Hook in the schnoz. Because she let, he lets her out instantly, of course, which is, oh, yeah. you know, like I said, maybe it's a small thing compared to how easily he's tricked. But it, it's nice to see him win the uh, to win the opposed deception check for once. Yeah, yep. that one. That one is actually a bit of good revenge against Hook. I like yep. that one. Tara's about ready to throw down when a ticking gator shows up and scares the shit out of Hook. And Tara's like, okay. Yep. (laughs) Tinkerbell showers Tara in pixie dust, which causes Tara to reminiscent about his time with friends. Yay. So what did we learn from this big journey, Tara? For the love of God, think about what people are asking you to do. Yep. No? Anything, Tara? What did you learn? Not Uh, a damn damn thing. (laughs) Yep. Ooh, good timing. Yep. And we're out of Disney villains that can use them, though. Like, can you imagine going to the Lion King right. world and turning Terra into a lion and being tricked by Scar by, for some reason? <laughs> I could use I could use a tummy rub. <laughs> oh, no. How would how would Judge Claude Frollo trick Terra? Oh, God. So yeah, I need you to head up my Inquisition of witch burning. <laughs> it's for the Lord's work. Frollo thinks he's a good man. That's very dangerous. Oh, that is extremely yeah. dangerous. Wow. Um, let's see what other villains could be. Let's see. Dr. Facilier. I mean, he probably is like, you know what? Pass. This is too easy. Mm-hmm. I'm better <laughs> than this. Um, let's see. Uh, 
Ursula, I think she'd probably just like take his hands for the proof she could. <laughs> the, Talk um, with the side of him away. I don't even know. <laughs> what would happen in the Jungle Book? Would he just Shere Khan be able to eat him? Probably. Gosh, I don't even remember what Shere Khan does. <laughs> he, he wants to eat Mowgli and he's just very good at eating people and do things. Got it. Tell you what, I'll name a couple movies, see if you have an idea. Like, uh, oh, I don't know. What about in Big Hero 6? The villain in Big Hero 6 is the professor trying to save his daughter. Ooh, yeah. spoilers. I never actually saw that one. You need, you should really see Big Hero 6. It's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, OK. Let's let's go for a different one there. Let's say we go into um, Emperor's New Groove and he meets Yzma and Kronk. <laughs> oh, he's clearly going to be completely roped into the scheme to kill the emperor. I just imagining Yzma redesigns her Kronk backpack that Terrors bring up the rear, holding it up as well. <laughs> you say that you're delivering the lights. I am just imagining Tara and Krunk, like just having to work, just bonding, working together, figuring stuff out. It's like and she and she's so hard to get close to. I know. And it's hard. It's really hard to understand your heart. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) What else do we got? um, Let's see. Just name something randomly for you guys. I mean, Zootopia is another manipulative twist villain. I feel like all the twist villains are a little too easy because he's yeah. very easy to convince. Yeah. Yes. There's so many twist Disney villains that are just like, I'm going to convince you to do something bad. Because it's basically being... what basically he would just take the place of protagonist in most of those. The same thing. Basically. Yeah. Same thing. Well, that ha- what, what, about, what about Incredibles? I don't want to get into the Incredibles that much because I don't like the fact that the villain is. Technically right, but because the story requires the villain to be wrong. Uh, he's right. Well, I'd thing. argue he's right in the way that that like uh, uh, Killmonger is right to too to too great of a degree. Mm. He takes it too I, far. OK, fine. What would happen with Gaston? <laughs> I mean, he would easily be pulled into the unruly mob to try and go attack the castle. Or they get into an arm wrestling match. I'm not sure which. <laughs> with uh, maybe they'd bond over over, uh, you know, like the idea of drinking raw eggs. It shows that you're a mad. It's like, will it help? Really? This <laughs> will Tara help. taking notes. Tara taking notes on this. <laughs> I would like to think he just smack Crow and he would just smack Crow down because fuck it, hurting puppies. Yeah, Tara's not that even stupid. Tara. Even, even Tara's Tara. not that stupid. Um, I think we run this, this bit into the ground. This is and probably we have to edit out a whole bunch of it. Yep. Oh, well, so, yeah. Now that the treasure chest is empty, Tara tells the kids to put their own treasures in it. And we get the pixie petal keyblade, which Tara probably will not use unless you are. A good one, is it? It is the magic focus keyblade that, like, is very good for very specific circumstances. But Tara <laughs> doesn't use much magic unless you yeah. really make a magic build. Like, you will probably use it if you're going to be, like, level grinding with a bunch of mega flares. But other than that, you will definitely want to use the other keyblades that Tara is going to get before this one. So I think that is it for Tara's Disney World speed run. Hey, a bit of Kingdom Hearts 2 nostalgia here. Going through four Disney Worlds in one episode. I like it. Woo. Yep. Woo. Man, they really do just can't. They can't but feel they're just very slight. Things happen to them, but they're just such very. We need, well, we need, like a, we need a 30 minute story. I think the problem is because you're allowed to go to these worlds in any order, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of progression in 
uh, Terra's character arc in the way you might get in a different Kingdom Hearts game where it's like you are focusing on one character uh, going uh, going through a bunch of these worlds at a time. But again, there's not even much of something happens in the story. I mean, think about how yeah. slight the, the the world's little plots are, too. Right. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like in this game, they went more on experimenting mechanically rather than narratively. Well, the narrative stuff that they actually like really put a lot of their energy and effort into is at the in end. the it is in Radiant Garden and what we're going to be getting into next time. The yeah. finales of each character. I think we're just supposed to like have a sense of. In the first batch of worlds, we get a sense of what the character's problem is. And the second batch of worlds is how the character starts to almost start to work through their problems. Yep. Hmm. But yes, Tara's problem is that he is bad decisions, man. Well, his and also he, he leaves. He always leaves before the plot freaking resolves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's the first he's, to arrive and he never lets anything like actually finish around him. He's always trying to skip the cutscenes. <laughs> Chaos. To- no. Tara is what happens when you skip the cutscenes. then. OK, no, that's Jack. <laughs> Jack, not Dan- Johnny Depp and Jack, not Skellington. Jack, Final Fantasy. We also have, you know, like different game genre, but Doom Guy skips the cutscenes and he's OK. Doom Guy's in a world that begs you to. Yes, <laughs> I guess I think that is the end of this little run of things. Next time we see how Tara's story, how the whole mess ends. Yeah. Well, until the the secret ending, I guess. That's still not Tara's story. It would be, I would argue. Uh, Well, the outcome of Tara's story will affect a lot of things going forward. It's it's big. So until next time, I'm John. I'm Jared. And I'm Matt. And remember, a good story is best enjoyed with friends. Thank you for listening to Backlog Dialogues. If you're enjoying our deep dives and discussions, be sure to leave a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice. If you're really enjoying our deep dives and discussions, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash backlogdialogues. If you'd like to hear more episodes, you can find our archives at backlogdialogues.com. Special thanks to Eli for our theme song. Kingdom Hearts and all associated trademarks are the property of Disney and Square Enix. Please support the official release. I'm playing Kirby uh, right now. Why Kirby is so the up, Land. Why am I seeing a video on YouTube say Kirby is a wholesome game and Kirby's holding a gun on the back of a wild D's head? Yeah, that is that is totally what this game is. Again, I'm going to make the argument that this game has the exact same story as Elden Ring in that in both Elden Ring and Kirby, you are in a post-apocalyptic world killing what's left. <laughs> no, Kirby's eating what's left. And <laughs> what that is a distinction without a Rings? difference. Are we consuming souls in Elden Ring now? I wonder. I They're mean, not called souls in Elden Ring, but they are the same mechanic as souls from Dark Souls. Yep. What are they called again? I forgot. Runes. Runes. Oh yeah. But also, you what? can just like eat mo- eat monster flesh, and it might give you buffs if you cook it properly. <laughs>